Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, so you join us today, whether this is your first time here or you've been here uh, for a number of weeks, as we actually conclude this series, Closing the Space Between Us. And what we've been doing is really laying the foundations of what it means to be a people of connection, a family of connection that we talk about uh, here as part of a 100-year vision. How do we be a people that actually move a disconnected community into connection? How do we be the kind of people that move people from isolation? into family. This isn't just about uh, within the four walls of the church. This is for a community. How do we begin to be those kind of people? And what we've been investigating as we've been going through this is that we find out that our God is a God of connection, um, that we were created in his image. So whether you're in the service or watching online today and you would consider yourself a follower of Jesus or not, you were created in the image of God. Right, so we were created in his image. Therefore, if he's a God of connection and we are created in his image, then that therefore means that we are designed to be a people of connection. And actually, we best, we most truly represent God's image when we come together with all of our diversity and with all of our difference. God never designed there to be separation between us and him or between us and each other. Right, that wasn't the way it was meant to be. We weren't meant to be divided along racial lines. We weren't meant to be divided along gender lines or socioeconomic lines. We were meant to be a connected people. And so if we wanna be a family of connection uh, in our communities, then we must all be connected. It's not that everyone in our communities will know everyone, but it is that everyone in our community will be known. And that's what we're trying to do because if there isn't true connection within our communities, then we're not a family of connection. And that's what we want to be. That's what we want to go after this morning. I want to actually start by praying for some people um, because I've been talking to a number of people over the past couple of weeks and you've been telling me stories of you working in your job or maybe just going about your day-to-day business. You've been saying, People's, people are just, you know, they, they've got really thin margins and, and I'm really feeling the disconnection that people have and people are a bit more angry than they maybe were before. And, and, and I, you know, I talked to a receptionist and they were just like, I just get so many complaints and, and and I just know for so many of us in the room today, and those of you watching online, that we felt the force of that disconnection. And what I would love to do right now is to pray for you. So if you're someone who over the past number of months, you would say, do you know what? I've been feeling the weight of that disconnection. I've been feeling a bit of the weight of people kind of being a bit frustrated with me and I don't know what I've done wrong. Uh, so if that's you, why don't you stand up? I'd be standing up if I wasn't already, by the way. So if that's you and you'd love prayer this morning for that, why don't you stand up? Be really brave. I know there's lots of you. Don't be Northern Irish. Come on. Oh, there we go. Good work. Anyone else? Yeah, bless you. Anyone else? It's just that, yeah, I felt that. I felt that. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're close to any of those people, why don't you just turn around, reach a hand out towards them? All we mean by that is you're just kind of agreeing, yes, we want God to bless them. We want God just to fill them. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, would you come and just rest in these men and these women? God, would you rest in these people who have felt the weight, God, of the disconnection in this season, Lord, where people, uh, Lord, just where their margins have been thin and they've been dealing with, with people's stuff, God, I just pray right now, God, that you would fill these people up. 
Lord, we want to thank you for who they are, Lord, for what they do, Lord, in just pushing in and trying to bring connection to people around them. And Father, we just ask, Holy Spirit, that your power would just rest on them now and that you would fill them. God, that you would heal scars of words that have been said. And Lord, you bring restoration. Come, Lord, increase over them. Father, we thank you for them. Now, why don't we give those people just a round of applause, guys. Well done. Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. As we've been journeying this story uh, biblically, we've, we've seen and found out a whole ton of stuff as we've done. And one of the things that we've seen is that back at the beginning of the Bible, back in the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Garden of Eden, we find out that this God is a God of connection. That he had designed his world to be a world where he connected with people perfectly. Where there would be nothing hidden, where there would be nothing broken, that there would be full connection. And what we see as we read through the story of Genesis is that very quickly that humankind chose to actually reject the perfect connection that God had offered them and instead chose consumption. They chose to reach for something because they thought, well, God offered isn't a full picture of it. Surely if I can control it myself, I can find even deeper connection. And so humankind reached for consumption. And what we see as we read right the way throughout the scriptures is that this consumption led us to separation that we became a people who were separated from God and therefore separated from each other and different tribes and tongues and languages began to grow and there was animosity between them and we were separated. And then what we see as we come into the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible, we meet a guy called Jesus. And Jesus came to change all that because he died on a cross that he took our separation on him and he brought us into reset. He took us back to what God had always intended. So in the first garden, what happens is humankind says, not your will, but mine. And in a second garden called Gethsemane, which you can find in the scriptures, Jesus says, not my will, but yours. And he reverses and resets what it is that mankind had set to destroy. Jesus came to reset. And today we want to talk about, as we close this series, what happens after that reset? Because that's the time that we live in. We live in the time of Jesus, after Jesus' death and after his resurrection, and we're now walking into that. And what we know about that time is that Jesus rose from the dead after three days, and in the book of Acts, which is the next book after the four Gospels we find in the New Testament, we learn that Jesus appeared to his followers for a period of about 40 days. And he would talk to them about the kingdom of heaven, and then in Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8, he gives them this instruction. And he's talking to them about staying in Jerusalem where they were. They'd asked him some questions, and he told them to stay there. And then he says, well, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the instruction that he gives them at that time. Now, this verse on one level is contextual for them, right? It spoke to the place that they were in. They were all in Jerusalem. Most of them didn't come from Jerusalem, and Jesus knew that whenever he was taken back into heaven again, these guys would probably go, let's get out of here. We don't want to stay in Jerusalem. We'd rather go back to the places we know and the places that we belong to. And secondly, Jesus was arrested and killed in Jerusalem. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you're kind of thinking, this isn't the safest place to be. Let's get out of here. So Jesus is saying to them, hey, you've got to stay here. 
and you've got to wait. But this verse also speaks of a wider context for any of us who follow Jesus. Actually, it speaks to all of us. And actually, Jesus is saying two things to any of us in the room or watching online today who are followers of him. And we're going to deal with the second thing that he says first. And this is what he said. All that you have experienced must be shared. Saying all that you've experienced must be shared. What does he say? You will be my witnesses. Witnesses. Now, when we see the word witness in, in our current context, what we see is it's someone who has seen something. So if, if I've seen something, I have witnessed it. But actually, the word that's used by Jesus in this isn't just talking about someone who's seen something. It's also someone who has seen and someone who has testified, someone who has spoken it out. The word actually elsewhere in the New Testament is also used just for the word testify. So Jesus isn't saying to them, hey, just I want to make sure you've seen it. He's saying, I want to make sure you've seen it so that you can talk about it, right? So it's like, if I witness an accident, it's fine that I've seen it, but I'm only a helpful witness if I actually tell someone what I've seen, right? So Jesus is saying, be my witnesses. You are to see and you are to speak that what you've seen. And he uses a specific places when he's talking to his disciples in that context. But here's what those places kind of communicate to us and what Jesus is saying to us. He's saying, hey, you guys, be my witnesses where you are now. Jerusalem for those guys, but where you are now. Be my witnesses around where you are now in the region around you. Be my witnesses in the places that you don't want to go, which for these guys was Samaria. And be my witnesses in the places that you didn't even think it was possible to go. If we were going to summarize Jesus, he could have just said everywhere. And so he said, that's what the instruction is. That's what we're called to do. Okay, so you can fill those place names with whatever place you come from, where's the place you don't want to go, where's the place that you are in and the region around you. You can fill it whatever you want, but what Jesus is saying is pretty much everywhere you go, if you're a follower of me, you're to be witnesses to that which you have seen and heard. <clears throat> now, one of the things I've misunderstood about this passage for years is that I've always read it as a progression passage. So I've always read it as, okay, what Jesus is saying is that I'm first of all to be a witness in the place where I am. Then when I get that nailed, I can be a witness in the place around where I am. Then when I get that done, I can be a witness in the place that I don't want to go. And once I finish all of that, then I can be his witness in the place beyond where I thought I could go. But actually, we've, we've done this first. And we've put in a few underlines to realize that it's not then that Jesus is talking about. It's an and. So what Jesus is saying is, hey, you're going to be my witnesses where you are now and in the region around you and in the place you don't want to go and in the places you didn't think it was possible to go. He's actually not talking about us graduating onto different things. He's saying, we, I want you to do it everywhere, right? So for some of us, the way that we've used this, if we're being honest, and I won't ask you to raise your hand, is we say, well, well, Jesus has called me to be a witness in the place where I am. That's my home. And I'm not very good at doing it in the home, so I'll never take it outside my home because I haven't got it sorted here yet. And most of us stay with what we call our own little personal faith. But actually, Jesus doesn't let us away 
with just having a personal faith. He's saying, no, no, no. This is something that must be shared. It must go beyond that. This isn't then, this is an and. Which is why we've used this connection diagram right the way throughout the series. I'm sorry if this is your first week and and this is just uh, thrown at you. But what we've said is in order to see us move from a people of isolation to people of family, we must understand that we are called, trusted, equipped, and released And then we said that in every space that we enter, whether that's a community space, walking down the town, being on the beach, whether that's in the crowd spaces, whether it's attending a football match, going to a concert, or maybe a church service, in our connected spaces, our workplaces, and in our close spaces, in our homes, we are called to be witnesses and people of connection. It's in all four of those spaces. It's not meant to be a graduation, and then that means that we become welcomers, we become includers, we become friends, and we lead people into family. So the first thing that Jesus is saying is it must be shared. The second thing that he's saying, Acts 1.8, is this, but you will need power. (laughs) You will need power to do this. Saying you will need power. One of the things that Janet taught us a couple of weeks ago is this, that, that if we want to be a true people of connection, then we have to be a people who are connected to God. If we want to be a true people of connection, we have to be people connected to God. Now, that, does that mean that if you don't follow God that, that you can't be nice to people? Of course not. You can be really nice. But if you want to truly understand what it is to unconditionally love, we must be connected to God. So here's the thing. If we are a people who are not true connections to people around us, then we are actually showing that we aren't truly connected to God. Right? So to be a people of connection, we must be connected to God. And if we're not a people of connection, what we're showing is we're not a people who are truly connected to God. Does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up. Some, some of you just woke up. That's okay. But, but that's what Jesus is saying. You're going to need power. This needs God. This isn't just a good idea. <laughs> this is the gospel. This is Christ in us for the sake of the world. It's not just a good idea. It's not a strategic plan. It's the gospel. It's what he's called those of us who are following Jesus to do. I know you might be here and you're not following Jesus. We're gonna give you a chance uh, to follow Jesus at the end of our service today um, because it's the best decision you could make uh, in your life. But that's what Jesus is saying. And this isn't even a new idea, right? Remember we said that, that Jesus was simply resetting what God had always intended to be the case from the beginning. And actually, I wanna show you how Acts 1.8, uh, th- this verse isn't just Jesus inventing a new thing. In fact, if we go to Genesis here, this is what it says. God blessed them. So right back at the start of the Bible, God blesses humankind and he says, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Let's mirror that with Acts 1.8 and you'll see that it's exactly the same thing. Where God blessed them in Genesis, Jesus says you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. Where God says fill earth, reproduce, prosper, Jesus says multiply and be my witnesses in all the earth. Jesus is simply resetting that which God had always intended to be the case from the beginning. See, here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is moving us. If you remember that diagram, Jesus is moving us from reset to reaching. He's saying, you're gonna take it from this place and you're gonna spread it. Oh, Siri went off on my iPad again. This happened in the 9.30. Is there something else I can help with? Siri, you could help us take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Hmm, is there something else I can help with? Okay, right, right, Siri. 
<laughs> Siri's struggling to go away. Okay. I don't know what it is that I said. Does anyone, what did I say? That, I thought it was Samaria. No, no, um, it's okay. Jesus is moving us from reset to reach. And so the rest of this New Testament is the story of those early believers taking that word of Jesus that, to be the people of connection across the known world. And it's done in the context of what we find out at the end of the scripture that is that, that Jesus is making all things new. Turn to your neighbor and say, all things new. All things new. In Acts 2, we see this beginning already. So just one chapter after Acts 1-8, we begin to see this already happening. It says in Acts 2-5, they were staying in Jerusalem at that time, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Can you imagine that? Jewish people who had gathered from all over the known world at that point to celebrate Passover, and they'd come in, so there'd have been different uh, skin colors, there would have been different cultures, there would have been different languages being spoken. All of these people had gathered into Jerusalem for this time. And then, of course, the day of Pentecost, and we read about that, that's the day when the Holy Spirit came and that power came on those first believers. And what we find out is that thousands were added to the early church that day. And then there's this beautiful passage where it says that they, that's all the people who'd come in, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the teaching of those disciples. They were the ones who sold their property and brought to those who were in need. They broke bed together in their homes and cared for one another and people were added to their number daily. What begins to happen is they become a family of connection that welcomes everyone in and it's just this beautiful story of that. They knew that they were called. They knew that they were trusted. They knew that they were equipped and they knew that they were released to be the people of God and the gospel spreads to all of Israel, to Syria, to Africa, to Malta, to Italy, to Greece, throughout Asia, and so many other places that we don't have time to list. And ultimately, centuries on, it came here. And it came to wherever you guys are watching online. Because these early followers of Jesus understood that what they had was meant to be shared and it would require power to do it, and so they partnered with that. Now, here's the thing. If this is your first time in our services, or maybe your first time in church, maybe you've never had a chance to, to really read this book, the Bible, will you be forgiven for thinking, well, surely if all that happened, then the rest of the Bible and throughout history is just this one beautiful moment where the birds tweet and the heavenly harps play, and everything was just perfect, right? And the apostles just skipped through the leaves and shared the gospel with everyone around them, and there was peace and harmony. Well, as my friend who's a pastor uh, in a place in, in America says, well, you would be wrong, because that's not what happens. He sounds exactly like Hulk Hogan. So, it, that's not what happens at all. That's actually not what this book tells us. It's not what our experience, what my experience of being a follower of Jesus is, trying to be someone of connection. That's not what happens. In fact, we find out that being a family of connection in a world of disconnection is incredibly difficult. If it was easy, we wouldn't need a sermon series on it. We'd just be doing it, right? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Um, right, right at the beginning of this series, I, I made a confession to you guys, and, and I apologized, and I was serious about it. I apologized that I haven't been the best leader when it comes to being a person of connection. My, my wife, our other senior pastor, is brilliant at this, but I'm terrible at it. Right, I'm an introvert. I speak like an extrovert, but I am an introvert. And when it comes to connecting with people who don't look like me or anyone, <laughs> I'm just really bad at it. 
And I confessed and I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've been a leader who's actually made fun of that when actually I wouldn't make fun of any other things that God has intended. I wouldn't make fun about not being someone of prayer. I wouldn't make fun of being someone who doesn't share Jesus with someone else. So why would I make fun of being someone who keeps themselves to themselves? I'm sorry for that. But I want you to know over the past seven weeks, I've worked really hard. (laughs) I've worked really, really, really hard to try and be a person of connection. And I want to let you know it's been really hard. I've taken more naps over the last seven weeks than possibly ever in my entire life because I'm trying to be a person of connection. I actually feel really sorry for the people I've connected with. <laughs> like, well, I want to share just a couple of stories that might make you feel better. I mean, I know you extroverts are all like, we got this. We're sorted. But I've even talked to a few extroverts and you're like, no, this is hard. So it's good. But, but if you're an introvert, walk with me. So. Uh, my son plays uh, rugby. You can pray for him. <laughs> the, the shape of that ball changes to a football, but for now, we're, I'm, I'm glad that he's moving, so it's fine. So he plays rugby, and so every Saturday, every Wednesday, I go to watch him at training and play rugby, and what happens is there's like a collection of parents that gather around that. Now, if I was not a person of connection, so eight weeks ago, what I would have done would, think, would, would go to a thing like that, saying it would be nice if someone talked to me, but actually I'll be fine. Right? And I'd find a little spot and I would just stand there, watch, watch the rugby say, go Caleb, and then go home again. That would be fine. But now I'm a person of connection. So what I do is I watch, I see the groups of parents, and then I look for the parent that's on their own and I think, I am going to connect. So I walk up to them and I stand. I've got four questions, right? If nothing ignites after those four questions, I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay, so here's my four questions. I'll share them with you. So first one, it's cold, isn't it? <laughs> to, to which they always respond, yes, there's been a turn this week. Because <laughs> that's what we always say in Northern Ireland, isn't it? There's always a turn in that week. Um, so nothing's ignited off that. So um, it's okay, so we're watching our kids play rugby. So which one's yours? <laughs> That's Jimmy. Great. That's my son with the multicolored socks. And then they say, yes, I've watched him every week do that. That's very interesting. I don't know why he wears multicolored socks, but he likes to do it. So anyway, I'm on question number two. Connection hasn't exactly established at that point. So then I'm trying to find something else. So I'd say, the coaches do a great job, don't they? Yes. Great. (laughs) And then I'm struggling. So then I'm with... um, what about COVID? <laughs> Everything been all right with you? That goes badly. And then I've got an hour left. <laughs> They're there wishing I would go away. I wish I hadn't come. And I just sort of gradually edge as it goes on because I don't want to do it all at once. And then hopefully I kind of make it. Right? And then I watch other people turn up. So like my friend Ed, right, he's good at this. Ed just comes and everyone's like, Ed! and he's like yo and he's high five and elbow everyone like this here and he's all they love him and he's late I came on time and I even tried and I'm still standing there I'm trying okay <laughs> sorry it's working well what about this one this one's good um, I decided I was trying to think right how can I be more of a person of connection and uh, we were getting an oil delivery and um so we have it set up, as an introvert likes to, with the oil company that we phone them, we pay over the phone and they put the oil in. There has to be, there isn't, we don't have to talk other than that. And so I was sitting in the house one day, the guy's delivering the oil's coming and I'm just like, oh great, there he comes, that's perfect. I'll hide, turn the blinds a wee bit. Um, and introverts are all laughing because you know what I'm talking about. 
And then I said, I'm a person of connection. I'm going to go out and talk to the oil man. So I got out the back door, <laughs> walked around, he's putting the oil in. What did I lead with? Busy. <laughs> Lots of people ordering oil because it's cold. It's been a turn this week, hasn't it? <laughs> and you can just see his face. He just wanted to pour the oil over me and say, leave me alone. <sighs> but I'm trying. I'm trying. It's not easy. <laughs> you see, it is not easy to be people of connection, even if you're good at it, in a world of disconnection, in a world where people have got used to the separation. And as we read through the New Testament, we find out that these believers faced many, many, many difficulties as they tried to close the space between their divided world. In fact, they found it way harder than even I did at my son's rugby. In fact, I've collected some of my favorite stories just to encourage us all in this journey. I've underlined the good bits. Um, so they were criticized, put to death, we all in. Uh, they began to contradict what Paul was saying, heaped abuse on them, they stirred up persecution, they expelled them from their region. Next. That's going to happen to me next at rugby. Um, poisoned their minds against the brothers, they mistreated them and stoned them. They stoned Paul, dragged them outside the city, thinking he was dead. Let's go again. Sharp disagreement, seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace. Do we have any more? Oh, crowd joined in the attack. They stripped them and beat them with rods. They formed them up and started a riot in the city. Who's all in to be a people of connection? Yes. <laughs> it's tough. It was difficult. And that was just 11 examples that I found in six chapters. <laughs> I could have kept going. Throughout the New Testament, more and more stories. Folks, here's the thing. We must realize that we are actually swimming against the current when it comes to this. Our world says that, yes, we want to treat all people equally. Yes, we want to do all of that. But let's be honest. It's a great sentence to say, but in reality, it's uncomfortable. And so as we're swimming against that, the tide is coming against us. The, the waves of I the waves of me are coming, of choose your own comfort, of choose whatever suits you are coming against us and we feel pushed back. And it would be easier to just flip around and swim with that flow, but here's the thing, we are not called to be relevant, we are called to be mirrors of Jesus in this world. So we keep swimming, right? To Dory and Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. If you haven't seen that, I apologize. But we're called to love where others loathe. We are called to reach out where others reject and we are called to honor where others are heckling. Because we are the church. We are the church. But just to underline this again, we will need power. It is far too hard to do this without Jesus. It's far too hard to do it without Jesus, right? If it was only about me going to that rugby and doing that whole thing once, I would just give up, right? That would be me done. But because I know Jesus, because I have the Holy Spirit that's in me and I get to partner with him, do you know what I do? I go home and I keep my eyes fixed on something that is bigger than my awkwardness. And I say, Lord, I'm going to go back again on Wednesday night and I'm going to remember the kid that they pointed to. I'm going to remember what they said because I am going to be a person of connection and one day maybe it's not going to be awkward. Holy Spirit, would you come and take my awkward and make it awesome? Because I need you. I'm called to be someone who loves God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind and all of my strength and I am called to love my neighbor as myself so therefore I will be obedient and I will stand there and I will talk to the oil man the next time. I'll probably have the same questions but I will turn up again 
we're meant to be a people of connection. Last week, we had um, our friend Mushtaba with us. I don't know if you had the chance to see that. Mushtaba was a, a pastor in Iran. He's now moved to the UK. And uh, he said something that really struck me. You know, he, he talked about at times his reluctance to be used by Jesus and times he was just too tired. But then he said this statement and he just said, you know what, even the smallest light in the darkness makes a difference. Do you know what, guys, on this stuff, I feel like the smallest light sometimes. I feel pretty pretty small, pretty insignificant on this. So if you're here this morning, you're watching today, and you feel pretty small and insignificant, welcome to Team Neil. (laughs) This is the church. This is what we do. We take whatever it is that Jesus has given us, and we begin to do this and share it with the world around us in the place that we are, in the places around where we are, in the places we don't want to go, in the places that go beyond where we even thought it was possible to go. And as we close this series, I want to finish with an exercise that, that's going to really help us as we do that. I'm not promising it'll be a comfortable exercise, just in case you were feeling all relaxed. But it's going to be something that, that I want to do. We're going to do it here this morning, and then I'm, we're going to get a chance to, to do this in your everyday life, okay? And, and when we do this exercise in just a minute, this isn't about uh, producing guilt or any kind of condemnation on us. It's really just to highlight how we are people of connection and how we can better step into the story that God is unveiling in the communities that we represent. So are we all up for a bit of awkward? Give me thumbs up. <laughs> Some of you are just leaving. Okay. We're going to put a picture up on the screen, and um, this picture is there. And what I want you to start thinking about right now is our friends out in Denver were the ones that introduced me to this. Um, I want you to think about the place that you live, okay? So whether it's your cul-de-sac, your terrace, your student accommodation, your flat, whatever, um, you're maybe out in the middle of the country with like three miles between you and your next neighbor, whatever it is. I want you to think about that. So imagine you're the person in the middle of those squares. And then I want you to think about the eight people that live the closest to you or the eight families or the eight homes, the eight flats, whatever it is. I want you to think about those eight people. And then I want you to stand. So why don't you stand? And we're going to do this together. Okay, so are we thinking about those eight people? So here's the thing. Look at you all looking nervous. I want you to remain standing if you can name the eight people that live closest to you. So if you can name them, okay? Uh, listen, I'll be a bit generous. If, there's like, if you can name the person in the ninth house but not the eighth, I'll let you away with that, but not like the whole of the world, right? So the eight people, that, if you can name the eight people closest to you, remain standing. If not, take a seat. So if you can name the eight people closest to you, keep standing. Uh, the other thing, it's good to clarify on this, Ricky and I talked about this earlier. I'm talking about their actual names, not the nickname you've given them. <laughs> Okay, so Ricky described, <laughs> we're like, lot more man, and <laughs> no, it's got to be their actual name, okay, so you guys that are standing well done, good, 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 we're going to move on to step number two. In step number two, you only remain standing if of those eight people that live closest to you, you could tell me something about them that I couldn't know just by looking at them. 
So something that only you could know by having a conversation with them or knowing them. It couldn't be an observation. It has to be something that's come through a conversation. So if you can still keep standing because you know eight things about your eight neighbors, stay standing. If not, take a seat. So if you can't do step two, and it's okay, no guilt, you can take a seat. Oh, you guys are so much better than the 9.30. Okay. And then the last step, only stay standing. If for the eight people that live closest to you, you could tell me their deepest dreams, desires, or fears. Okay? So we've got, we've got anyone standing? Okay, 9.30 wins. Oh, oh, we got one. The round of applause. Um, now here's the thing. This is, I don't want us to, to feel bad about this. Here's the thing, the guys that do this across the world, what they tell uh, most churches is that on step one, and I think we actually did pretty well on that, that um, only, you can take your seat now, that's great, uh, only 30% of a church service will remain standing in step one. They say in step two, when we start to talk about something you would know that's gone beyond an observation, they said only about 3% of the church will be left standing. And they say by the time you get to step three, less than 1% of your church will be left standing. And I think for me, it is, it, it is a challenge, right? As, as a pastor, as a leader, for those of us who are following Jesus, if we have a dream to be a family of connection in our community, we wanna see every family connected. We talked about safe families and we would all clap and we'd all go, yes, we want that. But the difficulty is, if I don't know the eight people closest to me, it's hard to pray for something more than that. I know I'm called to do something more than that. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't pray for it, but it's got to start on my doorstep, right? It's got to be something, right, that it's in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But if it's not happening in my Jerusalem, in the place where I am and in the houses around me or the flats around me, then it's really difficult. I want you to know that this can be done. So at the end of our time this morning, and you guys online will be able to download this, you're going to receive this card. So basically this diagram with a description. And what I want you to do is to take this card home. I want you to pin it on your fridge, put it on your desk, whatever, wherever it is in your home. And over the next number of weeks or months or years or decades, I want you to begin filling this out. Begin filling out the names of your neighbors. Begin filling out the things that you're finding out, their deepest dreams and your desires. I want you to use this as a card that you can pray for them. I want you to do this and let us be intentional about this. Do you know, when we first did this exercise in a service about seven years ago, I had to sit down on step one. Since then, I've worked really hard and now I can get to step three and I know about two of my neighbor's deepest dreams and desires. After that, I'm done. So I couldn't have stayed standing the whole time. But I've just used this being intentional. I remember I went home and I drew actually a map of, of my street and began to write in what was going on, tried to write in ways that I could connect. And you can imagine it was just as awkward as the oil man uh, or the rugby, but I'm getting there. And here's the thing, we, we, this isn't about project, right? Put your hands up if you're competitive. Any competitive people? Okay, competitive people, listen to me. What you cannot do this afternoon is go around and knock those doors and say, give me your name, give me something I would only know about you and some of your deepest dreams and desires and then phone me and go, done. That's not the goal. The goal is that we would love people deeply. It's that we would want to invest. This isn't a project. 
This is about it changing something in us and changing something in the hearts of those in our community. Why don't we stand? We're gonna pray. And um, I wanna commission you this morning uh, as we, we leave this morning. And so Holy Spirit, would you come? Come, the Lord's been here. He's been working right the way through our welcome, our worship, announcements and our teaching. And, and all I mean by that is just that, that God's always there. He's always with us. He's always around us, whether we acknowledge him or not. But what we do in this moment is we wanna acknowledge him and we say, come Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. So you might want to do that today in whatever way feels normal to you. Some people hold their hands out, close their eyes, others, um, maybe do whatever it is, but, but we say, Holy Spirit, come. I want to thank you, God, that you are a God of connection, that you're a God who wanted nothing broken for nothing to be hidden between us and you. God, that you sent your son to reset what we had broken so that you could reset and open up that access. And I told you earlier on that if you were here today and you didn't know Jesus, that we would give you a chance to respond to that. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had the joy of seeing a number of people give their lives to him and, and take the first steps of, of walking with him in partnership. So if you're here today, while everyone else has their eyes closed, their head bowed, and you wanna begin a relationship with Jesus this morning, We'll get the chance to pray with you after the service if you'd like, but, but just for now, would you just raise your hand just high enough so I could see it? I just wanna acknowledge that and, and just bless you in this time and then we'll chat to you after. So if you wanna give your yes, just raise your hand high enough so I can see it. We ask you to declare this publicly because actually this is an important marker moment in your life. Is there anyone this morning who wants to make that decision? I'll give you just a wee minute longer. If there's no one, that's okay. But we want to give you that opportunity. That's okay. That's okay. And for the rest of us in the room, Holy Spirit, would you begin to increase your presence on us? Lord, would your power come? Lord, we need power for this journey. Lord, this isn't something that can be done on our own steam. So Holy Spirit, come, Lord, begin to on your people with your power today. Hmm. Father, we talk about a hundred year vision. Lord, I, I pray in a hundred years, God, or, or, or more that what would be written about the communities that we represent, what would be written for those of us who are based here in this place, God, Lord, that, that it would be written that we were a people of connection. Lord, that it would be written that, that this is an area or a community where no heart stood alone. Lord, that there would be words written about this community that would be similar to what was written in Acts chapter two. It says, those people devoted themselves to the Lord. They were the people who sold their properties and brought to, to anyone who was in need. They were the people who opened their homes and fed people. They were the people who brought connection and more were added to their number daily because they chose to be a people of connection, setting their own stuff aside so that they could walk after everything that the Lord had for them. Lord, would that be true of us in our community? Would that be true of every community that's represented here and everyone who's watching online, God? That's our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you turn our awkward into awesome? 
Lord, would you take this humble offering, Lord, that we give, Lord, to connect. And Lord, would you turn it into something incredible. Come, Holy Spirit. As Ricky and Haley come and just close our service, just stay in that place just for, for a little minute more. Such a beautiful sense of his peace in the room. And I guess all that remains for me to say is, is that with the, with the power that Jesus has given us, I want to commission you to be his witnesses in the place where you are, in the places around where you are, in the places you don't want to go, and in the places beyond where you thought that it was even possible to go, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. And we ask all of this in your holy name. Amen. You can take your seats. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.